Gandino, and welcome to this month's episode of Leader Fluent. Leaders are constantly faced with demands on their time. Not only that, leaders have the responsibility to raise up future leaders. Well, here's the good news. Delegation helps you do both. When you delegate, not only do you free up time, but you also equip and empower emerging leaders. So in this episode of Leader Fluent, I'm talking about delegation in three simple steps. Hey, before we get started, let me ask you, have you subscribed to the podcast? It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and several other platforms. And when you subscribe, not only will you not miss a single episode, but each month you'll have access to the show notes. So subscribe today, leave a rating, a review, and enjoy practical leadership content to help you, your team, and your organization thrive. Well, hey, thanks again for joining me today. Now let's jump into this episode on delegation in three simple steps. If you're a leader, you know that delegation is critical. Not only does delegation allow you to create a sustainable pace, but it also helps you cultivate a people development culture. One of the greatest delegation examples in scripture is the story of Moses and Jethro. And when you read their story, you quickly get a snapshot of a leader that is drowning. Why? Because the people of Israel would wait before Moses from morning until evening every day, waiting for him to hear their disputes. Now, if you're a leader, I'm sure you've got a few disputes of your own that you're hearing that uh, sometimes can feel overwhelming. Well, one day Jethro, who was Moses' father-in-law, comes to visit him. And after watching Moses carry out his duties, this is what he said to Moses. He said, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all of this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Now, think about this for a moment. I can only imagine how Moses felt as his father-in-law pointed out his leadership and competencies, right? I mean, I'm guessing there might have been just a little bit of friction there, maybe a little awkwardness in that conversation. But I want you to notice how Moses responds to Jethro's question. This is what he said. He said, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Now, Jethro could have patted Moses on the back at that moment and said, wow, Moses, that sounds tough. I'll pray for you, right? But But Jethro didn't mince words. He took a different approach. He looked at Moses, and this is what he said. He said, this is not good, right? Isn't that what you want to hear your father-in-law tell you? I mean, that's exactly what Moses hears. But but then he, he doesn't end there. He goes on, and he says, you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now, maybe you can relate. Maybe you feel like the weight of your work and of your leadership is about to crush you. Or maybe you just want to delegate, but but you don't know where to start. And maybe you're unsure about the best way to go about doing it. Well, let me take a moment and, and I want to share with you three simple steps to delegation. Step one is priority assessment. Step two is team empowerment. And step three is monkey management. Now, I know that last one maybe sounds a little a little different, but hang with me. Let, me. let me unpack each one of these. The first one is priority 
assessment. You see, delegation doesn't begin by giving anything away. Instead, delegation begins by determining what not to give away. You see, without a clear understanding of your highest priorities, you'll allocate your time to whatever demands your attention in the moment. And I'm sure you found that to be true. Whatever is screaming the loudest, that's what tends to get our attention. So you have to start by identifying your priorities so that you know where to focus your time and energy. And that's what Jethro did with Moses. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 19 through 21, Jethro basically told Moses to do three things. He said, be the people's representative before God, teach the people God's decrees, and select capable leaders. That was Moses' job description. In other words, Jethro helped Moses identify his highest priorities before he ever delegated a single responsibility. And we have to do the same thing. So, so how do we identify our highest priorities? Start by asking yourself three questions. Number one, what are my job requirements? Number two, what are my greatest strengths? And number three, where do I get the greatest return on my investment of time? Let me say that again. What are my job requirements? What are my greatest strengths? Where do I get the greatest return on my investment of time? You see, your answers to those three questions will reveal your priorities. But, but here's what you've got to understand. Where your answers overlap and intersect reveals your highest priorities. So, for example, when I answer these three questions for myself, here's what I discover. My highest priorities are, number one, clarifying and casting vision. Number two, equipping people through preaching and writing. Number three, developing leaders. And number four, raising funds. So, I know that when I do those four things, I'm going to be operating in my sweet spot and I'm going to be able to add the most value to the organization. It's where my job requirements, my personal strengths, and my return on investment of time overlap and have the greatest impact. Now, once you've identified your highest priorities, then you have to create a second list with everything that you should delegate. So what should be on your delegation list? Well, obviously, you're thinking about things that are outside of your highest priorities. But, but consider this as well. The things you delegate should also be everything outside your greatest strengths, everything that provides a poor return on your investment of time. Here's another way to look at it. You should delegate everything that a leader at your level should not be doing. Let me take that a step further. You should delegate everything that a leader in an organization 50% bigger than yours is not doing. Why? Because that's probably where you want to get. That's where you want to grow to. So you have to begin shifting now the allocation of your time and what you delegate so that you can grow to that place. So the first step in delegation is priority assessment. Priority assessment, again, it helps you determine what not to delegate and what to delegate. And that brings us to the second step. The second step is team empowerment. Team empowerment is all about empowering your team with responsibilities and opportunities. It's, it's, it's choosing to hand off the things on that second list that you created, those things that fall outside your highest priorities and, and entrusting those to your team. So, so what does that look like? Where do you start? I would encourage you to start with the four A's 
of delegation. What are the four A's of delegation? Assignment, authority, accountability, and affirmation. Okay, let me, let me unpack those. The first A is assignment. So you're going to ask the question, who should, should I delegate or who should I assign these responsibilities and opportunities to? The second is authority. What authority do I need to give to the person I've delegated a responsibility to? The third A is accountability. How do I need to hold accountable the people I've delegated responsibilities to? And the fourth A is affirmation. How can I best support and encourage the people I've delegated responsibilities to? So let me give you an example. Let, let's say that you want to delegate maybe the creation and management of a new guest assimilation program. And so your first step would be to determine who to assign it to, right? You, you might assign it to a member of your staff. You might assign it to an intern. You might assign it to a volunteer in your organization, but you've got to identify where the assignment is going to land, who you need to give it to. The second step then, you would determine what authority needs to be given to this person. Do they have the authority to lead a team? Do they have the authority to maybe spend a certain amount of money or a certain budget? Do they have the authority to change existing assimilation strategies? What level of authority does this person need in order to do their job? That brings us to the third A, and that's accountability. So, so you determine how to hold this person accountable. For example, you might meet with them every couple of weeks for a progress update, or, or there, there may be certain goals that you would hold them accountable to achieve, or certain metrics that you would expect them to hit. How do you hold them accountable? And then fourth, how would you affirm the person that you've delegated the responsibility to? How would you communicate to them? How would you encourage them? How would you provide them with feedback. So those four A's, assignment, authority, accountability, and affirmation are critical in the team empowerment process. These four steps are absolutely critical if you're going to hand over those responsibilities. Without them, you won't have an empowered team. Instead, you'll have nothing more than order takers. I love something that Captain Michael Abershoff once said. He said, if all you give are orders, then all you will get are order takers. You see, empowerment is about much more than giving people orders. It's about much more than telling people what to do. It's giving people responsibility combined with authority, accountability, and affirmation. So, the first step is priority assessment. The second step is team empowerment. And that brings us to our third step, monkey management. Now, what on earth is monkey management? The concept of monkey management was made popular in a book by Ken Blanchard, Bill Onkin, and Hal Burroughs years ago titled, The One-Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. So, what do they mean by monkey? In their book, monkeys represented any next move, or, or next step is the term I like to use, any next move or next step that you've delegated to another team member. Let me say that again. Monkeys represent any next move or next step that you've delegated to another team member. So monkey management is the process of keeping monkeys or next steps 
on their rightful owner's back rather than letting the monkey return to your back, right? Having that, hasn't that happened to you before? I know it's happened to me. Like maybe you delegate a task to a member of your team, but then the person you delegated it to comes back and tries to put it, put the task back on your back, right? Or maybe, maybe you delegate a series of action steps for a new program in your organization, but the minute the person you delegated them to runs into a problem, they, they, they try to throw it back on your back. And so when that happens, uh, you know, the person that originally was given the responsibility, they're out having a good time on the weekend while you're working on their monkey, right? Well, good monkey management keeps the monkey on the rightful owner's back rather than letting it jump on your back. So let's unpack this a little bit. In their book, again, The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey, the authors articulate the four rules of monkey management. So let me share those rules and, and kind of walk this uh, through with you. Rule number one, is this, a boss and a staff member shall not part company until appropriate next moves have been described. Again, the monkey is the next move or the next step. So how many times have you maybe sat in a meeting where the next steps were never clarified, right? The, there may have been some great discussion, but an executable plan was never determined. And so monkey management begins by identifying the monkeys, the next steps. Rule number two, the dialogue between boss and staff member must not end until ownership of each monkey is assigned to a person. So the authors observe that, that all monkeys must be handled at the lowest organizational level consistent with their welfare. Now, why is that? Because if you spend all your time working on other people's monkeys, other people's next steps, you'll have no time to work on your own, right? You've got responsibility that you're, that you're accountable for, but if you're spending all your time working on somebody else's responsibility, somebody else's next moves, next steps, you're not gonna have time for your own. So you can't react to other people's monkeys. Instead, you have to proactively keep their monkeys off your back so you can focus on your own monkeys. So every monkey needs an owner. So you gotta identify what the monkey is who owns it? That brings us to rule number three. The dialogue between boss and staff members shall not end until all monkeys have been insured. Think about this in terms of like an insurance policy in a sense, okay? You see, the, the more freedom that you give to your team members, the more risk there is that a mistake will be made. And, and, and that has to happen. You've got to trust your team. You've got to have some freedom for, for mistakes to be able to happen or otherwise you'll, you'll develop a fear-based culture. So that, that can't happen. But here's what you've got to understand about this. Uh, monkey insurance is what helps you navigate this well. Monkey insurance, as the authors call it, is designed to make sure your team only makes affordable mistakes. So the, the authors say that there are basically two types of monkey insurance policies. The first one is recommend, then act. And the second policy is act, then advise. In other words, depending on the situation, your, your staff or your team should either recommend solutions and acquire your feedback and then act on the best solution, or they should act and then advise you of what they did so that you're in the communication loop. So that obviously raises a question, well, which insurance policy should you use? That all depends 
on the level of risk involved in the situation. So low risk action should obviously be a, a time when staff can act and then advise. They can, they can simply take care of it and then just let you know what they did. But high risk actions should require the staff to recommend and then act. And, and the more your trust grows with your team, the more you should be shifting to that act then advise way of operating. Okay. Rule number four then is the dialogue between boss and staff member shall not end until the monkey has a checkup appointment. Now, what's the purpose of a, of a monkey checkup appointment? Well, th th there's two purposes. One is that, is that the, that you want to catch people doing something right and then offer praise and encouragement. The second purpose is to spot problems and then take necessary action to correct the problem before it turns into a crisis. And I'm sure you've seen both of those extremes where, where, where you know, you've let something go too long and then it turns into a full-blown crisis um, or, or you're not engaged enough where you're complimenting and affirming and encouraging those that are leading the process. That's the purpose of the checkup appointment. So let's review. Three steps of delegation. Number one, priority assessment. Priority assessment helps you identify your highest priorities as well as what you should be delegating. Number two is, is team empowerment. Team empowerment is determining who to assign responsibilities to, what authority they need, how you'll hold them accountable, and then how you'll affirm them. And then number three is monkey management. Monkey management ensures that, that you delegate the monkey and that it doesn't jump back onto your back again. Because delegation, again, it was never meant to be a boomerang. So, so once you let it go, somebody else should own it. Now, let me, let me point out uh, one thing here about these three steps. Each step happens at a different point in the delegation process. Priority assessment, the first step, happens pre-delegation. In other words, before you delegate, you have to, to do a priority assessment to determine what you should not delegate and what you should delegate. Team empowerment happens mid-delegation. In other words, as you hand off responsibility, you have to engage the team in the process. And monkey management happens post-delegation. So after you've released a task or responsibility, you have to practice monkey management. As you practice these three, three steps, the quality of your delegation is obviously naturally going to improve. So let me, let me wrap up with this last thought from Moses and Jethro. When Jethro gave his uh, delegation advice to Moses, I want you to notice something he said in Ex Exodus 18.23. He said, if you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. I want you to think about that for a moment. Imagine being able to endure the pressures of leadership that you're facing right now. And imagine being able to go home each night in peace, knowing that your organization is successfully meeting the needs of the people that it serves. That's what happened for Moses. Moses took Jethro's advice to heart. He followed Jethro's plan of delegation, and as a result, 
he was able to assume a sustainable pace and to meet the needs of the people. And isn't that what you and I want? We want to have a sustainable pace in life and in leadership and be able to deliver the, the outcomes that we're aiming to deliver. And here's the good news. What worked for Moses can work for you. You can delegate in three simple but profound steps. Priority assessment, team empowerment, and monkey management. Well, I hope today's lesson helps you practice effective delegation. And if you'd like a copy of today's show notes, I want to encourage you to check out stephenblandino.com. And I look forward to bringing you another episode of Leader Fluent next month. Until then, would you do me a favor, leave a rating or a review? I so much appreciate that. And if you want to access previous episodes of Leader Fluent, or you'd like to learn more about my books or coaching or other resources, again, check out stephenblandino.com today. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next month.